0: Hello, bold goal crushers. I am super excited to talk with my guest today, Sarah Curdo. She is a career coach who helps unhappy workers go from dreading their days to waking up excited every day in a new job or career where they have more meaning, balance, and money. And I can't stress how important this topic is so thank you so much sarah i'm very excited to have you on the show today thank you i'm
1: very excited i love your podcast so much so i'm so excited that i'm here uh, as a guest and um and then as a listener which will be weird but <laughs> <laughs> uh but to help like as many people as i can because there's way too many people 80% of people like hate or tolerate their jobs and that sucks Yeah. So much time there. um, And I know that there's more for us out there and I'm excited to help them find something that they
0: love. Yeah, I love it. And so if you're listening and you're sitting in your cube or even your corner office Mm -hmm. and you're like, this is not the life that I dreamed of or this was all this work for this this is the episode for you. So I'm super excited to dig in because I think thing, well, I know things have changed so much since COVID and there's a lot of, a lot of people out there are really re-examining their life and also what they want out of their life. So can you share a little bit about how you would help somebody go from that dread to that life of purpose and meaning? Yeah. I think
1: it's like with everything. Acceptance is always the very first step in realizing that where you are is not actually where you want to be. Uh, and sometimes that's difficult in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Now, when people come to me, they've usually reached that point. Uh, but there are a lot of times where someone listening to this podcast could have an interest in something,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but may not even know that it's they have that interest. Because they are so unhappy at work. I, I there was a few years uh, in my 15 years of being stockading my career, but there were a couple years there where I was kind of tricking myself. Uh, and it was because I had hobbies that I was spending all of my extra time doing to yeah. fulfill that need. But I needed those hobbies because I didn't like mm-hmm. my career. So I think realizing that the reason why you're feeling unfulfilled could in fact be your work uh, is the very first step. Mm. Uh, And honestly, what people don't do is people start to think about a, a job search or a career change as some idea of something to do. Oh, yeah. And instead, what they don't, what I would like them to do and what, people don't do enough, is think of it like a goal. Mm -hmm. A job search is a goal to find a new job. A career change is a goal to find a a new career. A promotion, wanting a promotion, that's a goal. And as soon as we think of it as a goal instead of an idea, then all of a sudden we plan for it. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. do more than just update a resume or look at the schooling options near us. Like we do more than just the very first thing we would do on the other things with the idea, uh, because this is a goal we want to accomplish. Yeah. So I think that mindset shift of this is not just an idea. No, this is a goal I'm going to work towards is the very first step someone can take to make it a reality to actually start then finding something that'll make them happy.
0: You know, I love this concept of a goal rather than an idea. And I, it's kind of like having a goal versus a dream. Like someday I'll win the lottery and yeah, get a lot of money and then I can buy that mansion. And that's like a dream. And so you never put action to it because it's just kind of out there. And we put so many things on our to-do list, but I love your thought about making your job search or your career change a goal with action items to work towards. I mean, so many times we have things on our list that we check off because we're so driven to check those things off. But if your job search or, you know, really examining your current career and your future is not actionable, it, it makes it hard to realize that.
1: Yeah. yeah. And like, Uh, We listen to your podcast because we're goal-oriented individuals. Yeah. And goal-oriented individuals generally like structure. Yes. Where Mm -hmm. having a goal gives us structure. We actually flounder with ideas and dreams Mm -hmm. because it's too overwhelming because there's no structure for us to follow. There are no processes. There's no steps. It's just this thing that exists that maybe one day could happen. Yeah. And what leads us that leads us to waiting for it to happen which yeah. it like never does so yeah uh, i think also as goal oriented people having it and thinking about it as a goal allows us to put the structure in place that we crave
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: in order to us to feel motivated and determined and disciplined to show up to do some of the tasks that are required to yeah
0: to yeah, and it's so easy for life to get in the way. Well, I'm not happy at work. I really should do a job search. But I mm-hmm. have these fifteen things that I need to do at work and at home. So let me cross those off first because that's not easy. yeah, like and and sometimes I love you talked at the beginning about really uh, coming to terms with where you're at. Sometimes it's, and do I really want to change jobs? Do I have time? or that's not easy because I don't know what I want.
2: Yeah.
1: And oftentimes it's, uh, we get so confused and this is the cycle I see mm-hmm. is I see someone who doesn't like their job and they have decided, okay, I'm going to find something new. So they brush up their resume. They apply to a few jobs. It leads nowhere. Life gets busy. They set it aside. Mm -hmm. And then like six months later, I really don't like my job. I'm going to find something new. And they kind of cycle through this a few times enough where they start then thinking, well, I need a career change. I need Mm -hmm. something completely different. I need to go back to school. I'm going to have to take a pay cut. I don't know if I want to do all of that. They polarize to a complete Mm -hmm. other option because they think setting such a, a much bigger goal will be the only thing that gets them out of their job. Yeah. Uh, instead of like, let's evaluate what it is that you actually need in your next step because we're treating yeah. it like a goal because we're taking this a little bit more seriously than just brushing off our resume and applying to a few things, um, and then we can get clarity, which is the first step towards mm-hmm. getting uh, finding a job that we want is getting a clarity on what that is. Yeah. And for some people, it's a different culture, a better manager. For some, it's a pivot. So, just yeah. a slightly different career or a different industry. For some, it's a complete big career change. For others, it's that promotion. It's different things. For many others, it's also starting a new business. That's what it was for me. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, but knowing that, getting that clarity informs the rest of the steps to accomplishing the goal.
0: Yeah. And I think that clarity sometimes is very difficult to get. But once you have it, it's, life-changing. I know I was in a job where I originally thought, you know, I have to find a job that's my career for the rest of my life. And then at some point I realized maybe I have a lot of passions outside of work. Maybe I just have a job that pays the bills while I build my business and i think that's okay but that clarity was so important to me because then when i saw other people getting promotions i was like yeah but this is just my job so that mm-hmm. i can do that and it i resisted the urge to you know get into that corporate culture and like just climbing the ladder because i know so many people climb the ladder and then they get to the top and they're like I don't even want this job. Why do I have this job?
1: <laughs> yeah. If you are an executive and you're thinking that, and you're thinking you're ungrateful for thinking that you are not ungrateful and you are not alone. Yeah. Yeah. We get, we get pulled into the, this desires of everybody else in society. Like we listen to what society tells us we should want instead of what we want mm-hmm. for ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so that is normal. And so if that that is you, You can be intentional, and I think what you were saying, Sarah, was being intentional with your choices. Yep. And I just want like I don't like I like the term "go with the flow," but I also don't like the term "go with the flow." And I am super structured, so like there's that. But um, I think the "go with the flow" in our careers often leads to us listening to other people's opinions more than listening to our opinion. Mm. Um, And instead, if we could be a little bit more intentional where yeah. I'm choosing to do this for this specific reason, yeah. um, or I am deciding that uh, I don't want to start my own business. I do want a state, like a job with a stable income. And I, for those obviously not seeing, I'm doing air quotes. Um, yeah. Then I am going to be intentional in what that looks like for me in the life that I want, uh, instead of just waiting for it to happen.
0: Yeah, I love that. Now there's this term that has come out, uh, silent quitting. What are quiet your, quitting. Quiet yeah. quitting. Yeah. Silent yeah. quitting. What are your thoughts on that? What's okay. that all about?
1: So quiet quitting has been going on for ages. It just has a name now. Mm-hmm. But quiet quitting is when you want to quit, but you can't, or you mm-hmm. feel like you can't. So mm-hmm. you phone it in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The problem with that is Like, I don't care about a toxic culture and you're phoning it in because like, damn the man and all of that. Um, That's fine. And like, who cares? That's not why I think it's a problem. Why I think it's a problem is because it will negatively impact your confidence in the long Mm, run. Yeah. Okay. Because the longer you phone it in, the worse you're going to feel about yourself. And that's Mm -hmm. what I care about. Because then I know that we're going to have to fix your confidence down the line. Yeah, And then that's a bigger hill to climb than dealing with the want. Like, so you talked about the desire and want to win a lottery so you can quit a job. So it's the, the lottery is not the thing we need to focus on when you really, like I had those wishes where I was fantasizing all of the time. And what I failed to recognize that instead of paying to for lottery tickets, I really needed to examine the want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that want to quiet quit needs to we need to pay attention to that. And we need to figure out the like why it's going on, why it's happening so we can do something with it, because maybe you are intentionally choosing for the next year to not quit. Yeah. Because maybe you have kids that you have to pay university, or with the mortgage rates climbing, you mm-hmm. can't afford to go anywhere else and you know you won't get laid off from where you are. Because that's yeah. the thing. You're only doing that if there's no chance in hell you're getting laid off because layoffs can happen anytime. Yeah. Um, but then uh you are intentionally choosing it so you're protecting your confidence. Mm-hmm. So when you're feeling a little crappy about yourself for not being as productive. You'd be like, well, that's the choice I'm making for right now to protect my mental health. But I, as soon as I can, I'm going to be out of here. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my take on quiet quitting. It's a little bit different, I guess.
0: Yeah. And I think too, like when you are quiet quitting or phoning it in, like you mentioned, it does impact your confidence. But I think it also, I mean, it also impacts the organization as well. Like they know. like, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like you're, you're not
1: phoning it in where you're going from like a student to a failing student. Like, yeah. I don't think that's in your best interest, and not only from a confidence point of view, but these are references that you do want yeah. to protect. Um, but if you are an overachiever, then just stop going for the A plus and start going for the B plus. If you've been a solid B plus student, go for a B minus. Like, I think you can cut back, you can set boundaries, you can not work out of hours, you can do all of that and still not have a negative overall impact Mm -hmm. on the organization or your team or your manager.
0: Yeah. And it's also about maybe not taking on additional things. (laughs) For sure. You know, sometimes things come about and I think there's a way to do it that is respectful to the organization, but also respectful to your priorities. Uh, If you've listened to the podcast, you know, I don't say no to anything, Mm -hmm. which is uh, (laughs) a lot of people are like, wait, what? I don't say no because I had a hard time saying no. And I know a lot of people do, but I say, do you know who would be great for that? Yeah and I give opportunities to others. And so I think if you are sitting in the cube and you feel like you're quiet quitting, you truly can give opportunities to others that maybe in the past when you were trying to climb that corporate ladder, you would have taken on because you wanted that next promotion or you wanted that experience. But now it could be about giving those opportunities to others. and you And you may actually end up being happier about your job.
1: I also think uh, when we look at that want, there could be something more there because the more we quite quit, the also the more resentful we get. So uh, I had a one-on-one client recently, I work group in one-on-one, who was feeling very disengaged from his work uh, and wanted to polarize and just like, like not quit, quit, but quiet, quit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And instead we figured out what is it that you hate about your job? Mm -hmm. What is it that is the most draining? Yeah. And what is it you want to see? What do you wish was included? And then he had a a conversation with his manager who approved. This was a VP level individual who approved the hiring of another person and who also gave a a salary raise and a responsibility uh, change so that now his role is exactly what he always wanted it to be. Yeah. He has more help for all of the things that he did not want to be doing and that were draining him. And we were transitioning into him into talking with the team to manage their expectations and how yeah. their work is going to change. And so now he's more excited than he's been in two years. Like you can say no, you can yeah. quiet quit completely, or you can do something. Yeah. And if there's an opportunity to do something, I think we, It's even if they say no, even if you eventually leave, you will be a better person for having done the work to figure out what it is you want and for standing up and asking
0: for it. Yeah, I think there is so much value in powerful conversations at work. I know I managed a lot of people and they would come in for their one-on-ones. You know, some people still do one-on-ones or their touch points. And they would tell me all the things that they weren't able to get done. And it always was about hiring somebody else. Well, we need to hire somebody else. And in reality, there, there wasn't the money for that sometimes, but there also wasn't the data for me to go to bat Mm. and say, Hey, we need to hire somebody because this is what's really happening and so I think those po- those conversations backed with data can be so powerful. And I'll never forget, I had a, an, a young lady who worked for me who was new to her career. I think we were her first job. And she came to me and said, you know, here's my job description. I'm I've been in the role for three months. Here's what I spend a lot of time doing, copying data from one spreadsheet to another. She said, I'm not very technical, but this is the amount of hours I'm spending doing this. And would it be possible to hire a programmer to automate this? This would save this much money and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's an interesting, I never thought about that. And then this other lady came to me, same type, same team. And she had gotten the idea from this lady. She said, do you know that when we get checks for less than $5, you're, you're spending $18 for me to go to the bank and with two people, because I have to open the mail with two people, you're spending $18 on that one check. And I was like, wait, what? And she's (laughs) like, if you just click the button on the bank account, I could take a picture from my desk (laughs) and upload it. And that, those two conversations, like, I was, I mean, not that I was too far up the chain, but I was not in the weeds with them to see what their daily duties were. Those two conversations changed everything. We ended up saving a ton of money by enabling that little box on the bank account and by automating some of the things that they were doing that really were were things that they, they were frustrated about for weeks and months. One lady, the, the check lady had worked there for years and been thinking about this. Every time she got a check, she's like, you're going to spend 18 bucks for me to take this stupid check to the bank. And she was like holding this resentment over that and she was able to change that. So those powerful conversations changed how we did business.
1: Well, and I think employees do wait too much. They they expect their leaders to lead their careers or to lead their choices. And, and they are there as advisors on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we need to communicate to them what it is we want, what it is we need, what it is we see the, the problems that we've uncovered because they won't see these problems, just like you were, you were saying, and our potential solutions, like as an employee, uh, you have more power than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and instead of yeah, resenting that your manager's not seeing this problem, or they're not praising you the way you want them to praise you, mm-hmm. or they're not opening up the doors for other opportunities that you want them to be opening. They probably don't know the problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They probably don't know they they're in their own heads. They probably don't know what type of praise you want. And they yeah. certainly don't know what, where they want your, where you want your career to go. Yeah. So you need to tell them this stuff so that in order for them to help you. So if part, part of being on if you love your company and you love your manager and your team pretty much, and it's just mm-hmm. a few things, it is so worth the effort to figure out what those few things are mm-hmm. and have that conversation so you can stay in this great place instead of trying to fix a little band-aid at someplace else where you may not even be as happy.
2: Hello, Bold Gold Crushers. Are you looking for ways to drive leads to your business? Has your website not been touched in a year or two, maybe more? Are you seeking new ways to market your business or your nonprofit? Then I think I might be able to help. My name's Ann Macaulay Lopez with Agency Content Writer. I partner with small businesses and nonprofits to offer relevant keyword-based content that drives traffic from your target audience to your website and ultimately drives leads to your business or nonprofit. If you're interested in partnering with me, I would love to chat with you. You can find me online at agencycontentwriter.com and on Instagram and LinkedIn. I look forward to working with you and helping you crush your goals.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes that's hard too, when people decide to leave, finding that thing, that, that job, like how do they find the job that checks off the boxes that their current, after they've had the conversations that their current position can't meet?
1: Yeah. So um, there's a few different steps you would take. And the first is your branding. So your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn, all of that is is very important all in vital documents uh, but what many people do is they write them for who they are and what mm. and what they've done and so we want to be focusing on who you want to be and what it yeah. is you want to be doing so if we get some of those check mark things uh, at least the baby steps towards them if we haven't gotten there yet um that would be one way to do it Uh, Another is then, or the next step after the branding uh, is the uncovering those opportunities Mm. Uh, and it's figuring out what would what would a posting say so if Mm. we do want to look at job boards what would we be looking for, Mm -hmm. but it it would also be uh, who are in these sort of roles and let me talk Mm -hmm. to those people and maybe talk to the hiring managers of those sort of roles, so that I can get more exposed to that. Um, And then it's uh, having the interviews for those roles where you're talking about your growth potential, you know, uh, telling the story of your career and where it's going to go. And that's sort of like the figuring out what it is you want, that clarity, discovering your purpose, that um, designing your brand, the increasing your visibility so that you have access to those opportunities and then showcasing your value in interviews Mm -hmm. Like those are sort of the steps you would take to get to that final one of making your impact and that sort of job that you want.
0: You know, Sarah, I love what you just said because you gave like the steps. And for I literally
1: gave the steps. Like the
0: goal, people, it's like those are the steps you put on your to do list. Step one, step two, step three, and it's such a clear path. Whereas, I think sometimes people are like, "Well, you know, apply to jobs." nothing happened. (laughs) Send out
1: a mass email to everyone I know saying, if you happen to know of any job opportunities, like, and then Mm -hmm. showing up in an interview, really nervous, not sure, sure what to say. Like those are the, because it's people think of it, an idea, they just sort of kind of go with it. Yeah. Uh, But when we have a specific job in mind, I call them like unicorn jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Mary Poppins jobs, like the the kids who wrote the letter and then tore it up. Um, once yeah. we once we actually know what it is we want, even if it's seemingly impossible things, uh, mm-hmm. only once we know that can we create it. Yeah, because then we know how to ask for it, what to look for, how to showcase ourselves in a way that would excite the people who would hire for that type of role.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the universe is very powerful. It sends you, you know, when you get very specific, that it's like kind of seeing the red car on the street. Once you decide you want a red car, you're like, there are red cars everywhere. So once you decide that this is the type of job you're looking for, not only does the universe kind of help with that, but the algorithms can help with that too, because what you're looking at can really point you in the direction to where you want to go. Yeah. It makes
1: it more, we have the impossible to happen, possible to happen and inevitable to happen. Yeah. Well, if you really want to be happy doing work that you love and you're not happy and you've not been happy Mm -hmm. for some time, then what you've been doing is not working. Yeah. So it's time to try something new. Yeah. Yeah. And the something new with a process it is how we can make that goal possible and then inevitable to happen.
0: Yeah. And I think the really cool part about doing this when you are in a position like without, you know, without being laid off or, or out of a position is you can actually be more choosy and craft mm-hmm. your what you want. I I think back I've hired a lot of people in my career and I think back to two specific People that I hired. Uh, The first one, ladies, please counter. I <laughs> yes. hired over three hundred people, and only one woman countered. Yeah, one. Not. Yeah, they do not counter. So uh, that that I remember when we hired that lady, and she, that woman, and she countered, and I was so proud. I was <laughs> like, "Yes, finally!" <laughs> so that's a side note. Those are two. But two examples of hires that I remember very specifically, she was one. The other one was um, a man, actually, uh, who basically said, "And I wish more people would do this." He said, "Look, I love everything in the job description. I'm so passionate about X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. I can see where I can make an impact. It would meet my skills. But there's this one thing. Can you tell me more about it? Like." this thing in my job description. And if you were to look at the job description, it was like the one thing that didn't fit. Mm -hmm. And it was not very exciting. It was a sales role. And this was like a detailed part of the job. And I was one of the hiring managers and we looked at the other hiring managers and we're like, if that doesn't excite you, you don't, we can take that out of your job description. (laughs) And he was like, (laughs) Perfect. <laughs> but the reality was, it was something that the previous person had like picked up and it carried over. And we just were, it was like, how did this even get in there? And then we realized that's more of an admin role, not a sales director. So let's give that to the appropriate party, even though the past person used to do that. And it was a very simple conversation. And we just looked at each other like, yeah, you this doesn't need to be in your job. And he's happy. We're happy. Everybody was happy, but he did it in a way, which I loved was tell me, I'm really excited about all this stuff. Tell me more about this. It wasn't like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. He was like, tell me more about this. How does this fit in with my role? And then we just looked at each other. We're like, it doesn't.
1: Yeah, and that it's like that those sort of insightful questions of knowing what it is you want and then going yeah. in into an interview and not being afraid to put the job on the line yeah. to find out the information you need to determine whether or not this is that job for you. Yeah. And you're right, especially if you have a job right now that especially if you're tolerating the job, yeah. It, you can stay there for a little bit longer while you wait for that one that you really really want. Yeah. And then you just and ask the jobs like that gentleman did, where you're not raising any feathers, where you're not getting anyone defensive here, Yeah, but in a way that's just curious and gathering information. Um, but even if it does, like I've had clients where they've asked about working from home because with many organizations going back more into the office mm-hmm. and that being a deal breaker for them, mm-hmm. they're like, if I ask. And they say, I have to be in two days a week. And I then try and negotiate that. Yeah. And they say, forget about it. We're not talking to this person. Then it's fine. Yeah. Just means they don't have to to remove themselves from the process. They're just already removed. Uh, If there's something that you must have a certain amount of money, a certain amount of flexibility, a certain responsibility or job title, um, then risk it during an interview uh, mm-hmm. So that you can figure out whether or not this is the place for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think the one thing is, if you do take that job, that's like, oh, I have to be in there Tuesday, Thursday. But that really is something you don't want to do. You're gonna end up just resenting, yeah, that job. Yeah, yeah. I so, want you
1: to sh- authentically show up as yourself. Yeah uh at every part of the process so that you can get hired not a version of you gets hired mm-hmm. because then your success will be easier and you'll have a lot more fun and you'll be a lot more happy uh and you'll feel fulfilled
0: yeah and i want to go back to the beginning because i think okay. that we've covered so many topics and you really talked about making this a goal with steps so what is the first step if somebody knows they are not happy? So I think,
1: um, clarity is that first step. Mm -hmm. So the process would be the process that I outlined. Um, so figuring out what it is that you, you want, but I also think it really starts with knowing who you are. The longer we've been listening to other people, the less we are in tune with who, what our personality is. And there are personality types as well that, mold and shape and mimic those mm-hmm. that are around them mm-hmm. uh, so knowing who we are so we can find where we be successful easier uh easiest uh knowing what drives us and then knowing what it is that we want would be that first step uh and i, I think it. setting some timelines having Uh, a sense of the exercises that you would maybe potentially want to do. I find it with most individuals when they're guided in this process, it's three to six weeks. Uh, I know for me, I guided myself, but it took me longer because of that. So it's three to six months because I know goal people, we want some timelines. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then from there, only once we know what we want, do we touch our resume? Because if we don't know what we want, then we are going to for sure be reflecting on who we have been, uh, and oh, then we do our I branding that. documents. That's gold. Mm-hmm. That's
0: gold.
1: Good. Well, yeah. b- bold gold. the <laughs> <laughs> so bold gold. Um, and only then, then we do that. Uh, that should take a couple of weeks. And then we do the, the biggest phase is usually that increasing visibility phase. So that's figuring out where all of those opportunities come from. This is where um, I know for me, when I'm goal setting, I really love to do a lot of brainstorming on all of the different activities that I could do yeah. and all the different action tasks. Uh, increasing your vis- visibility is the perfect place to have that really yeah. big brainstorming session, and then just kind of picking one or two at a time. Yeah. Um, and then the showcasing your value is just getting really comfortable telling your story. Mm. Uh, most individuals feel like they, an interview is selling themselves, mm. and like I interviewed over ten thousand people as my in my fifteen year career as recruiter, uh, and the best interviewers. Were never selling me on the idea of themselves. Yeah. yeah, they were. They weren't even not nervous. Some of the best interviewers or interviewees or whatever were very nervous. I was very nervous, and I ended up getting very good at interviews, getting all of, getting all the offers. So it is possible to be nervous and great, and it's because you have that mindset of I'm just going to tell them about myself. Yeah, I'm just going to tell them a story about a time when I did this amazing thing. Yeah. Instead of it it. feeling like selling themselves.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you and I both interviewed a lot of people. I'm curious, what is your funniest response to a question?
1: Oh my gosh. Funniest response. Okay. I have definitely, I've the, the, uh, why do you want to work here? Mm -hmm. Always brings out the gold. Now for anyone who's interviewing the, why do you want to work here is the instant knockout. I would say it's the only interview question that if you answer poorly, you will get a no. No one's going to hire you. It's so hard to come back from. Uh, I had one guy who literally was like, uh, "I don't know what you do. Is it like high heels or something?" And it was like, I was. This was for a, one of my clients who they did pipe fittings. Like, like not even close. Um, I hated the weakness answer of, I don't have a weakness. Like, it's fun. It's good to crack jokes in an interview, but please, like, we've heard that so many times. Mm -hmm. It's just so eye-rolly that uh, just don't do that. What about you, Sarah?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So I had one young lady who had, you know, if you looked at her resume, job hop, six months here, Mm -hmm. a year here. Probably six or eight jobs in a two and a half year span. And I really liked her on the interview. Normally, I would go into that and be like, "Yeah, we're probably this one is probably not staying mm-hmm. material, but I really liked her. and so i I spent more time with her than I anticipated I would at the beginning and I got down to the point I said, Look, you know, I've been looking over your resume and, you know, you have a lot of movement. What would make you stay at a company? What would it take to make you stay for longer? And she just looked me dead in the eye and she's like, Can I be honest? (laughs) I'm like, Sure. And she's like, It'd be really nice if the company paid me. And I was like, Wait, what? (laughs) And she's like, I've worked for three companies where all of a sudden the paychecks didn't come. And then it was like, oh, we had a problem with the payroll and then I had to follow up. And she's like, so honestly, if you paid me, I'd probably stay.
1: Oh, my gosh, that is so funny. And I just, <laughs> I just loved her. I, hired, I
0: actually ended up hiring her for two companies. I hired her twice. And so we joke now she's like you know I'll work for you because you pay me
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also notice how like when you have the rose colored glasses on yeah you like will give like I remember that where you knew the answer was in there yeah they just needed help and time getting there yeah and so you're like probing them and encouraging them so being yourself being like is the best interview advice because then the interviewer is going to like you and they're going to cut you some slack, give you the benefit of the doubt yeah. and like want to hire you. Like, I mean, she could
0: have, she could have spun that and said, yeah, like, she could have well, a great culture and yeah. like a yeah. supportive manager. No, she's like, can I be honest?
1: I love that. It'd be
0: really great if they pay and like three of the jobs that were on there that I was questioning were really short. I'm like, I'm surprised you stuck around for that long. That's loyalty. (laughs) And she's like, well, I trusted that they would work it out, but, uh, I loved that. I loved her. I, I hired her twice, two different companies. That's amazing. Uh, proud of everything she's accomplished now and that she only works for companies that actually pay her. (laughs) (laughs) Good. So if somebody is sitting in their cube or in their corner office and they are dreaming of a different life, how could they work with you and what could they expect?
1: Yeah, I work with people one-on-one. I do resume writing and I have a group coaching membership called the Career You Love Academy. I think The best place to start, though, is probably on my YouTube channel. It's Mm -hmm. at Sarah, the career coach. And it's Sarah, like Sarah's with no H, um, because I have a lot of free advice on there. Um, And you can get a sense more about my process and my style and who I am as a person, uh, because I think a coaching partnership is a partnership. And you need to trust me completely with, to, to be the one who's guiding you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're going to be hiring me, not some version of me. So go see what that version is.
0: I love it. Yeah. I love it. So definitely check out the YouTube channel because bold goal crushers, it is time to crush your goals and everything that gets in the way without compromising who you truly are meant to be. So let's get to it. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word GOAL to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word GOAL. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.